hey Babylonians and others that don't want not want to be called that. Oops. That was great. <laughs> Sorry. Should we try that again? Nope. We're leaving it in intrasound. my gosh that was great i don't even know um welcome welcome to episode 69 hey uh what number are you thinking of 69 man not 68 and we owe you one no this is 69 and we picked this particular episode to be number 69 just because of who we're going to be talking about because we have 12 year old boy minds yes we do yes we do um so, um, for you guys, it's been a couple weeks, or not a couple weeks, it's been a week since you've heard from us, but this is all happening, because, you know, we talked about pre-recording, in case, you know, I go into labor, and that still hasn't happened as of now, so... But in the future, but by the time this, present. maybe this episode hits, <laughs> I will have a baby, mm-hmm. and I'm not scared to scare, scare him, scare him, share him on social media, so I'm sure I'll end up posting a picture of him on our social, probably just Instagram. Uh, Twitter. Do you have a bloody babbles onesie? Yes, I do. Fantastic. That's what will be shown on our... Podcast. Yep. So <laughs> that means before this episode goes out, I need to make sure that I mail my friend Kendra hers because I got one for her son who's already born. Hey. It's a size six months, though, so I've got a little bit of time, but I really need to get it mailed because I'm terrible at that. Kendra, I'm so sorry. Hey, Kendra. She's our, only our pa- she's our only Patreon donor, and yet we haven't even started touching on Patreon as of yet. But we'll see what happens on this maternity leave. Granted, I'm not going to make any promises. She can't even find her bracelets right now, guys. Let's, let's let her have the baby, and then we'll work on other Who knows? Things. Maybe by the time this episode hits, maybe <laughs> I will have found the damn bracelets. <laughs> I thought I brought them inside when I moved, and I put them somewhere. But now that I've organized and, like, nested so much, I'm like, I don't know where they are. It's and it's not easy just to go through the boxes of my shit in our garage because of how meticulously they've been put together like it's a beautiful tetris box nightmare out there so now that you guys don't care about anything that we've said and you've skipped through this entire intro you're welcome hi again (laughs) welcome so um this isn't this wasn't a requested case i just ended up finding a bunch of names um on i'm on a couple or a couple different serial killer groups and this name was um in that cluster and i just ended up looking him up and like I said, this is 69, and we're going to be covering Peter Woodcock. Yep. That's his name. If Peter? you're from Canada, <laughs> which I know we have several of you in Canada that listen to us, Mandy Hager, hey. 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 Um, we love you. We love you so much. Mm-hmm. And we love all of you Canadians. Yep. 100%. But when, we give, when we give certain shout outs. It's because I just know she, she's the only Canadian who's reached out to us. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We love you so much. Thank you so much. Send us a moose. Okay. Well, um, hey, you guys, do you get it? Peter Woodcock. Woodcock. 69. All fucking three names, which Woodcock that's, is one name, but regardless. That's a triple pe- weenie. Pe- a pe- triple weenie. Sorry. But, okay. which, um, sorry. that's sorry. his birth name. Mm-hmm. He ends up changing it later. And it's lame. 
I guess I can tell you now. It's David Michael Kruger, which I'm like, whatever. Actually, great last name, but terrible continue. human. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I tend on yeah. Mm-hmm. Freddy Krueger's way cooler. Okay, so we're gonna talk about Mr. Woodcock. <laughs> I'm sorry for how immature I'm gonna be this episode. You guys, but yet I'm not. Welcome. Welcome you, to our lives. Well, and if Welcome this is the first episode you ever listened to of us, I'm so happy, so cock and happy you're here. <laughs> All right, he was born. Um, if there's some things that I struggle through with different names, um, I'm gonna apologize now. Usually Canadian names don't scare me, but um, just in case, I just got to where he was born. It's Peter Burrow. That's funny because his name's Peter. I know, um, I'm so confused. Peter Burrow, Ontario. Well, I thought I wasn't. I didn't. I read it too fast, so I thought I was going to be able to pronounce it because y'all have heard me struggle. If, if you're a repeat listener, hello, we love you. Um, yes. But uh, like I said, Peterborough, Ontario. He was born to a 17-year-old factory worker, and her name was I'm going to guess Waita, W-A-I-T-A, Waita, okay. Waita Woodcock. And she ended up giving <laughs> the details that I got with these notes gave him up for adoption after breastfeeding him for a month. Um, um, Adoption agency records report that the newborn Peter showed feeding problems and cried constantly. So I'm wondering if he had something in the breast milk made him upset. But the fact that they just talk about she breastfed him for a month and then decided to put him up for adoption. I'm assuming because it wasn't working because he was crying. So he could have had one of those... A lip tie. Yeah, a lip tie. Or, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, who knows? There's so many reasons why people yeah. will latch or they're colicky or whatever if they're just constantly Or if your diet is... Yeah, yes. Is, or it he could have been... As much as it could be her breast milk and yeah. there could have been other... There's so many different factors. Because breastfeeding, mm-hmm. which hopefully by the time this hits your ear holes, I will be able to be doing, it is fucking hard. But God is it so rewarding. Um but we're, we're not going to go on a whole breastfeeding tangent because I know a lot of people are like, oh my god, I can't, or I couldn't, I didn't want to. It's not, okay. We're not going to touch on that. Those choices are yours, and yeah. yours alone. As long as your baby's fed, yeah. that's all that freaking matters. Except for this guy. They should have just not fed him. But anyways. Well, she did. For a month. <laughs> for a month. There you and go. she was 17 years old. I couldn't Peter. imagine how hard being a 17-year-old mom breastfeeding. I had plenty of friends who were and did and I just, I couldn't imagine the emotional and mental stress that would be. I was 23 and I fucking struggled, but I made it 10 months, damn it. Um, Okay, anyways, done about that. So as an infant he stayed in various foster homes but didn't bond to any of his foster parents. I don't know if they didn't do that. Um, I know some of them were abusive and whatnot. What was the years? Sorry, when um, was he born? What was the year? He was born in March 5th, 1939. Okay. So the thir- the 40s? 30s? Yep. Late 30s? Early, right? yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, went from foster home to foster home. Um, after his first birthday, he began, um, or he became really scared of anybody who would come up to him and approach him, and he would, like, the, he would make a strange sound that would sound like animal noises. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. how he responded to them. Um, he didn't, his speech was incoherent. It was just babbles. Huh? <laughs> Sorry. Um, Later to be bloody. Sorry. Fact. Hey. Uh, hey. Yeah, we just went backwards. It's fine. Um, <laughs> sadly, he was physically abused by one of his foster parents. Um, when he was about two years old, he ended up getting treatment because he, he had a neck injury um, after, um, that he received after getting beaten. Uh, so I'm like... So I, I like how when I listen to Morbid... Um, when they talk about when they were children, 
like having sympathy for how the child was raised and then you know hating them as the adults right. they become so I just I couldn't imagine a two-year-old baby like my son is four and I'm like I I had a hard time because I would I'd I'd swat him on his butt and if you're a parent like oh my god no so they that's when they can start learning I, it was never aggressive but I'm like I'd pop him on the butt if he did something yeah don't really have to now but um he's a pretty understanding kid but like two years old like especially showing the delay that he already has it just breaks my heart especially if you're going to be a foster parent that's and i back then i mean okay and i'm not making excuses by any stretch of the imagination but they didn't have the restrictions they didn't have the whatever's that they have nowadays and even nowadays there's still some really gross people but there are some amazing Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But you, no matter what, no matter what, it's just there's good and bad in everything. anywhere and everywhere, and it yeah. just fucking sucks. It and sucks. this poor man, perhaps, maybe, had things been better, things could have been different. Who freaking knows? But guaranteed, this shit, this this upbringing did not help him to not become the person he becomes. Exactly. Okay. Um, he did by the time, or so that happened when he was two. He ends up getting put into a home with his foster parents, Frank and Susan Maynard, when he was three. Um, they were an upper, an upper middle class couple, and they also had another son, um, Susan, who is described as a forceful woman with an exaggerated sense of propriety. Um, she became super attached to um, Peter and um, would, uh, okay, yeah, became super attached to him who would still scream when someone approached him. By the age of five, he remained super socially awkward and, as this says, maladjusted and became the target for neighborhood bullies, unfortunately, just with his delay. Oh, yeah. Um, so his parents got really worried about his emotional state, so they would um, bring him to the Hospital for Sick Children, that's literally what it's called, where he received extensive treatment he, was ended, he ended up being sent to a sp private school, but again, to fail to make friends or interact um, successfully with his peers and was very isolated. By age 11, he was very angry, um, was described as an angry little boy, um, which was the Children's Aid Society reported on that from, or, okay, a Children's Aid Society report on him from that time read, this is a quote, and out of their... Oh, what are they? A file about him. Slight in build, neat in appearance, eyes bright and wide open, worried facial expression. Sometimes screwing up of eyes, walks briskly and erect, moves rapidly, darts ahead, interested in questioning constantly in conversation. He attributes his wandering to feeling so nervous that he just has to get away. In some ways, in some ways Peter has little capacity for self-control. He appears to act out almost everything he thinks and demonstrates excessive ex affection for his foster mother. Although he verbalizes his resentment for other children, he has never been known to physically attack another child. Per um, he, Peter apparently has no friends. He plays occasionally with younger children, managing the play. When with children his own age, he is boastful and expresses determinedly ideas which are unacceptable and, unacceptable and misunderstood. <coughs> so, I'm wondering... Okay, so he's 11 at this point. So, he, they say he was better with younger children because he could manage the play better. I'm just wondering, I don't know if this mentions what his IQ ends up being, if it's even mentioned at all. So I'm wondering if he just, it was just, the he had a... bloomer, very immature. Yeah. And then he didn't have the upbringing that most kids did. Yeah, passed from home to home. The fact that animal noises, 
Like, yeah. So obviously, with some of these foster parents that he had been with prior to, I mean, even as one and two or whatever, um, there wasn't enough. There wasn't talk, stimulation, and interaction. Yeah. That makes maybe, me think. And it, maybe, maybe they had an animal jumping right. to conclusions, and and that was what he bonded with. Because with, the adults, I'm sure. Another and assuming, they, yeah, didn't really just yeah interact or you know it's a baby so you yeah, know or a, a tub it's it's not yeah a well, but like, I mean those first two years of life are huge. so mm-hmm. impactful on mm-hmm. on their brain development. But they didn't know that back then, huh? They well, I know, remember, so. I know, just but one hundred percent we're seeing that in the mm-hmm. in, in this information that's being provided to us. Um, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it's oh, okay. Signs of his violent fantasies were present at this time when at a, eleven. Yeah, were very present at this time when a social worker was walking with him, and she or I don't know if it's a she. They said he muttered, "I wish a bomb would fall on the exhibition and kill all the children." Oh. Jesus. Um, well, he was, if he didn't have any friends, I mean, not right, not, not to excusing, but but I mean. If you're the central target for bullying, yeah. like, that's not, unfortunately, an uncommon statement. I mean, unfortunately, we have kids who act out in school, and right, right, right. too many school shootings have gone on in this in my lifetime. But, um, that's, yeah. I mean, that's... Okay, it's I'm not, a I'm not to get him help, and I know, yeah. again, I mean, help, people getting help even now is still kind of frowned upon, but it's getting better. I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that... Um, that stigma is being lifted, but yes. still, then some and, places and taken more seriously. Yeah, 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 it should be as important to go to the doctor for your mental health as it is for a checkup or to make sure that you're not sick. Right. You know. Yeah. So. Exactly. One hundred percent. So he ended up getting sent to another school for emotionally disturbed children in Kingston, o- on Ontario. My God, Ontario, and began acting on his sexual urges with other children. Um, he, He's okay with him stating that here he had consensual intercourse with a 12 year old girl when he was 13. When he was 15, he ended up leaving the school and returned to live with his foster parents, but was re enrolled at his original private school where he again failed to connect with his peers. Because, I mean, even if you leave and come back, those kids aren't going to forget the and kids are mean and the weird kid, they're not going to forget the weird kid. Like, oh, this kid was easy to beat up on. Just because he's older doesn't mean he's not. We're not going to include him in anything, which is even more sad. Um, at the age of 16, he le- leaves the private school again and was sent to a public high school where children from the neighborhood instantly recognized him and resumed that bullying. So then he was transferred to a private high school six weeks later. So he went, that's like three different schools and probably the most, like say, the most primitive years of your life. Like, that's... Uh, so his peers shun- again shunned him. His teachers there remembered him as a very bright student who excelled in history, science, and English, and who frequently scored 100% on his tests. Wow. So maybe he, well, I mean, you can have maybe like an av- like middle, I was talking about potential low IQ, but I don't know. He just could it's be socially awkward. Socially, well, and socially deprived. Yeah. yeah. Especially, and then maybe not having a conscience is essentially what ends up happening so that was just yeah part of his youth and everything now we're going to deep dive into start um his crime spree because it's it's going to get pretty extensive and there's when we get to what some of the things he does 
Um, I will definitely trigger warning a lot of it because you guys just gotta get details. It's um, you know. I and I yeah I don't I don't sugarcoat details. Um, but I am go I will warn you just in case, and I'll tell you what kind of trigger warning it is because sometimes that's reading it today was it was rough. Um, so. His, uh, Peter's prized possession was a red and white Schwinn bicycle on which he um, satisfied his continuing compulsion to wander. He rode the bike to the far uh, ends of the city, even during the deep, cold Toronto winters, and evolved a fantasy in which he led a gang of 500 invisible boys on bikes called the Winchester Heights Gang. That's kind of... Kind of cute. That's, that's kind of cute. I hate... <laughs> like I said, you can be sympathetic when they're a child. Well, you're making them more human. Yes. By letting them know. But it's about to change real quick. Yes, he is a monster so. Yes, but but that is. I mean, kind Hitler of, was a kid too. And mm, who? Sorry, Hitler. Hitler. I know. Oh, I yeah. de- I mean, all of you think of all I the mean, every human. Bundy, Dahmer. <laughs> they were all kids once too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just an imagination thing. Not the. I hate. I I hate how pure it is. Mm-hmm. But anyways, his fo- foster parents were aware of this fantasy and his compulsion to wander, but they were unaware that he had begun traveling around Toronto on his bike and sexually assaulting children. Gross. So, things are about to get real, y'all, because it goes from sexual assault to murder. So, this brings us to September 15th, 1956. Uh, Peter is now 17 years old, and he was riding his bike around the grounds of the exhibition place where he meets a seven-year-old boy Mm. named Wayne Mallet. Um... Yeah, just if you, they're going to talk, not, okay, there's no rape in this part right here, but um, he lured the boy out of sight, then proceeded to strangle him to death. Mm. Mallet's body was found in the early hours of September 16th, pretty quickly afterwards. It appeared his clothing had been removed and he had been redressed, which is an MO that keeps happening. His face was pushed into the dirt and there were two bite marks found on his body. One on the boy's calf and the other one on his buttock. There was no evidence of rape, however, but there were pennies found scattered near the body, and there was defecation next to the victim as well, which they would end up finding out is Peter's. So he defecated next to this kid, this child's body, wow. seven years old. So, um, it came about about this murder, and they ended up arresting and interrogating another boy whose name was Ron Moffat. Um, they questioned him extensively and they even got a confession from this boy was 14 despite witnesses who clearly placed him in a movie theater before and after the murder of Wayne Mallet, He was found guilty and sentenced to youth detention. Um, eventually police acknowledged there was a serial predator in Toronto because um, but Moffat was not released. However, when notes were shared between forces Peter was arrested after his conviction. Um, this is later on. Um, Woodcock was called as a defense witness for Moffat, and the, the wrongful murder charge was stayed in 1957, and Moffat was released from custody. Um, there's actually a an account about his experience that Nate Henley wrote in 2018 about Moffat's experience of being wrongfully accused, and it's called The Boy on the Bicycle. I didn't check it out, but if that's something you guys want to look into, that'll give you that perspective of can only imagine being wow. especially being 14 but like well and then 
extracting a confession, like... Well, okay. And but we then there's also... There's good cops and bad cops. There's, you know, we just well, said earlier, there's good people and bad people in like, every job, every Like a, a few episodes job. ago when we did the Joe Arity case mm-hmm. and how he was... They basically coerced him yeah. and told him, oh, but if you like girls, why do you hurt them? Yeah. like yeah. That, Or this? Yeah. I was at the movie theater. You know, like, they get... Were you? You know, and then they just... And they question... There have been times I where the police will hold you for so long, for, like, close to 24 hours without any sleep or any of that jazz. And, and at then that you, point in time, your brain and everything, you're just like, whatever you want me to say. Yeah. Fine. Fine. I've had yes. that. I've so. been through, well, not me personally, but someone close to me went through something like that, and it was it's just shitty because people are just. Fair. It's not. It's fair. Just, That's what you lawyer up. Exactly. I want an attorney. Yeah. I want an attorney. I want I an care attorney. If, I don't care if it's a court appointed one. Get right. me a fucking attorney who's going to mm-hmm. help me help me here. But, anyways, so that was the first boy. Um, so now we're going to move to. So that was September 15th. We're now at October 6th, 1956. Peter, of course, again is riding his bike around what's called Cabbage Town. That sounds delightful. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Cabbage Town. We do the Cabbage Patch. Yes, sorry. That's cabbage only... Patch kids came from Yes. Um, oh, gosh. Okay, so he ends up picking up nine-year-old Gary Morris. Mm. They drove to Cherry Beach, where he again strangles and beats him to death. And they said that um, a coroner, coroner later determined that Morris um, had died from a ruptured liver. His body was found with a bite mark on his throat, and this time, paper clips were ritualist, ritualistically sprinkled near the corpse because before it was pennies. Right. So he's just doing. It's interesting. I don't know the significance to that. Um, and again, like I said before, his clothing had been removed, and then he had been redressed. So he's taking these clothes off and putting them in new clothes. I don't know if it's his clothes or clothes he goes and buying. I didn't know that, but okay. But just the way maybe they're misbuttoned or something. I don't know. But that's just, that just seems like a lot. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, Yeah. means trigger warning. Huge trigger warning. Child rape, child murder. Uh how she this it's a little girl how she dies is a lot so if you guys want to skip forward i'd say a good maybe 30 45 seconds this is awful um and for those of you who are going to stay here and brave this fucking kudos to you okay so uh, okay so we went from september 15th 1956 october 6th 1956 this is now january 1957 so we're about three months later Peter, again, you know, riding his bike when he approaches four-year-old Carol Voice and offered her a ride on his bike. So he would have been... Oh... 18 now? Almost 18, because his birthday is March 5th, and this is just a couple months, so he's still 17. He drives her to what's called called the Blur... Or no, Blur Viaduct? B-L-O-O-R Viaduct. And he murders her. When she was found, her clothes had been pulled off. Like I said, there's a big trigger warning right here, guys. It appeared that she had been choked into unconsciousness Mm. and sexually molested Mm. and that her death was caused by a tree branch being forcibly inserted into her vagina. Oh, my gosh. That's, That's what killed her. Like I said, that was... When I read that, I think I stared 
at the computer screen and my mouth was just open like four years old and that's that's what caused her to die oh my god okay we're gonna move past that now um so when her body was discovered the witnesses say they saw a teen cycling away from her carol voices crime scene and an accurate composite sketch was created based on the witnesses descriptions the sketch ran on the front page of the Toronto Star and would lead to Peter's arrest on January 21st, 1957. So that's two days later. Good. And his um, confession to, and his sub subsequent confession to all three murders. He recalled upon his, upon his arrest, I'm so sorry, that was a struggle. Quote, my fear was that my mother would find out. Mother was my biggest fear. I didn't know if the police would let her at me. Shit, I was just, I don't even, I couldn't imagine. I, I just couldn't imagine as his mom. Um, when he went to trial, he was only tried for the murder of Carol Voice. On April 11th, 1957, after a four-day trial, he was found not guilty by reason of insanity. It was sent to the Oak Ridge Division of the Maximum Security, oh uh, boy, Mental Health Center in, I was going to try to avoid this, Penad, Penad, no, Penitengishni, no, Penitengishin. Spell it. P-E-N-E-T-A-N-G-U-I-S-H-E-N-E. -E -E. There you go, guys. I think place. it like goes like Penitang is the like shortened version in Ontario. So that's what I'm sticking with, and I'm so sorry that I just murdered that. Ah. There you go. Poor choice of words. Bye. <laughs> So while he was in prison, um, he was diagnosed as a psychopath, which, I mean, it rightfully so. Um, he underwent various forms of psychiatric therapy, which included using LSD treatments that were popular in the 1960s. He's also giver, giver, given other personality-breaking dr drugs, which is um, scopolamine, sodium amytal, methedrine, and dexamol. Dexamol? Dexamol. Um, he was subjected to dyads, which is a personality-breaking therapy in which inmates are challenged um, or challenge each other's belief systems, which inmates are referred to as the 100-day hate-in. That sounds awful. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Like she's back out here. I can smell her tubes. Um, dyads were developed in the late 1950s to early 60s by a Harvard psychologist and former CIA interrogation and psychological warfare expert Henry A. Murray. Uh, Peter did not respond well to these treatments. I mean, who would? Yeah. And was not an ideal prisoner. He engaged in co oh my gosh, coercive sexual acts and exploited several inmates who were often less intelligent or less sane than he mm -hmm. was. So you gotta remember, he's not in prison. He's in a psychiatric ward. Yeah, but he... Psych so ward. He, he was intelligent he, enough to enough. But he was doing perhaps... To these people, yeah, in the psychic that could very well have been done to him as a child when he was getting bullied. Right. Um, he convinced inmates that he had contact with an imaginary gang called the Brotherhood on the outside, and that in order to be initiated, inmates had to perform oral sex on him and bring him gifts of cigarettes. Um, he ended up being transferred to a less restrictive. Institution well, that's less restrictions. Okay, and yes. ultimately arrived at the Brockville Psychiatric Hospital. Staff indulged his passion for trains by taking him to the Smith's Falls 
Railway Museum and even took him to see the movie The Silence of the Lambs. Good choice. Oh my gosh. Like, why? He's mesmerized now. He is like transfixed and, and God, who, uh, idolizing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So during this time, he ends up changing his legal name to David Michael Kruger and rekindled a relationship with Bruce Hamill, who is an Ottawa killer who had been released from Oak Ridge and was working as a security guard at the Ottawa courthouse. Um, uh, Kruger convinced Hamill of the Alien Brotherhood would solve his problems if he helped kill another Brockville inmate whose name was Dennis Kerr. So he's like a master manipulator. Like, okay. Um, Bruce, come on now. So, this brings us to July 13th, 1991. So, he got caught in, yeah, 1957. So, um, not quite, oh yeah, maybe like 25 years later? No. What did I say? 1981. Little under 20 years. That's fine. It's irrelevant. So, he, remember, he befriends this old killer who was released and was a security guard at the courthouse, Bruce Hamill. He goes to a hardware store. He buys a plumber's wrench, a hatchet, knives, and a sleeping bag, and then went to the Brockville Hospital and signs out the 52-year-old, it says Kruger here, but Peter, on his first publicly escorted day pass. Within the first hour of his first unsupervised release in 34 years, um, uh, I keep saying Kruger. I don't. I don't want to call him by that because that's what he wanted to be called. Uh, Peter arranged to meet Dennis Kerr in the woods. You know, because that's where you meet people. So Dennis arrives in the woods. Peter struck him in the head with the pipe wrench and continued to beat him into unconsciousness. This was another inmate um, that he's beating to death. Uh, Peter and uh, Hamill then seized the hatchet and knife they had hidden in the bushes while waiting for Kerr's arrival and it hacked and stabbed stabbed Dennis, mutilating his body and nearly severing his head and they, oh god this is triggery warning gross, they sodomized the corpse um so Peter ends up leaving the scene, walks to a police station two miles away and turns turns himself in so I just Fuck. So that's another, that's four people he's killed now. Three children and then this, this guy, Dennis Kerr. Granted, I don't know what Dennis did to end up being another inmate. I don't know his crimes, but I mean, he was out in the world. Obviously he was doing better. I don't know. I don't know. So for the murder of Dennis Kerr, um, Peter was transferred back to the Oak Ridge Division of the Penetang Mental Health Center where he spent the majority of his 34 preceding years in custody. And the years after Kerr's murder, he was um, the focus of a biography in several documentary films and uh, sometimes tried to explain why he killed but could never come up with rational reasons. He said in a 1993 interview, quote, I'm accused of having no morality, which is a fair assessment because my morality is whatever the system allows. So, needless to say, after the trauma and disgusting things he's done and murders he's committed. On March 5th, 2010, his 71st birthday, he ended up dying of natural causes in the mental health center. Wow. Exactly 71 years old. But, holy shit. Like, 
I don't even reading through Carol that just what she endured as a four-year-old child that one that's what I ugh. what a monster yep. hope every day in hell for him is just worse than the day before like Jesus oh Pete gross fucking nightmarish yeah <sighs> So if you're from Canada, <laughs> please let I'm us know. Nice yeah, for one, for sure. <laughs> Be so grateful. I'm grateful. Like God, I hope that was his final Can life. I help like the parents of that beautiful little girl. Well, all the parents that had to. Yeah. So sorry for your losses. Like, like and I hope yeah. life has somehow given you something back that makes you smile and makes you happy. I don't know. Yeah, that's I just... Horrific. That's, oh, like, seven-year-old, nine-year-old. Like, what the hell, man? Like, to, but to target children, but he liked to, at the schools, that's what he liked to go and play with, because they were easier to Yeah. Well, they manipulate. got along with it. It sure seemed like he just got along with them better. Yeah, because, like we said, that possible matched mentality... Mm -hmm. Not to justify anything that he no, does, but no. just that was just what was easier for him, and he took advantage of that. I mean, I and know he went like to sociopath quick, <coughs> or it yeah. seems if it, if 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 it wasn't there already, that was especially his description of of himself, like the system. He's like, I don't, he doesn't give a fuck. Absolutely his thoughts not. are not that. Oh, this is bad. This is awful. It's just I killed him. So when that's you guys say that's bad. Okay. No conscience. Yeah. Whatsoever. Jiminy yeah. Cricket just left the building, so. Yeah. Fucking. Like, what the hell? a tree branch in Jiminy Cricket. Sorry. Oh. That was awful. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, jeez, oh, Pete. <laughs> sorry, I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Me either. I'm really sorry. I'm surprised. I'm so sorry. That was rough. This is how we deal with things. <laughs> we try to find humor, even if it's the most darkest, disgusting yes. thing I've ever heard. And we've covered a lot of cases. Like this is sixty-nine, or not? Yeah, sixty-nine episodes deep. <laughs> uh, see, there it is. And I don't think I've heard a death is that's so graphic. No, no we've heard some. There's. Oh, we've heard some bad ones, but that's definitely up there. I'm not, I'm not saying right. That's just, that's yeah. what, to have that happen, I yeah. don't, I mean, just be like, you said you were trigger warning with us, why are you, because I can't process it. Right. Like, oh my god. Because we're not, we're not monsters, so yeah, when we try to wrap our brain up and make it I'm like literally holding my head together right now. Yeah, it, it, it can't be, it, it's, it's, it, it's not logical, it doesn't make, it, it's. I'm glad it doesn't make sense to me. Right. But I'm like, I, but then again, it doesn't make me feel any better about or that not want to like to try to unravel. understand yeah. it mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. that's where it makes me think of like how mine mine hunter yeah in that show and the book and mm -hmm. the wonderful things john does and like trying to get inside of those those minds yep. like holy shit balls and, and can you only imagine the way he had to play friendly yeah. what that does to you like well like, like especially when you watch ooh. 
if you haven't seen Mindhunter, my God, I don't know Go. what. What, why, are what are you doing? Why are you listening to this and not watching that? Yeah, that like especially because the portrayals and it's, there, it's so well done. All and all the are. actors just the the uncanny resemblances to the killers yes. they portrayed. Not that I would want to go out in the real world and be like, ah, oh, <laughs> right, I look right. like Edmund Kemper, but I, I specifically <laughs> hone in on him just because the actor that plays him is fucking phenomenal. He's just great in all that he does, but especially that. Yes. Yeah, he just it blew me away. Oh, man. I binged that so hard. I think I watched it in three days. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think my dog is dying. Her gas is awful. Um, okay. Goodness. Well, I... Uh, I hope you guys... Uh, no, I hope you didn't enjoy this. I hope you guys appreciate the information you've learned. I hope you were well informed. Hey! Hi! to this episode. Okay, till next time. Better one! When was the last time you watched a Disney movie? No. When did you really watch one of their early movies? My name is Jen. I started re-watching every one of the Disney animated feature films recently, and watching them with a modern eye made me say, oof, right in the childhood. Join me every Monday to learn the history behind each of these movies. And then, after I talk about the history and trivia for that movie, I'll summarize and react to my experience watching it as a modern feminist. Every week, you'll learn something, you'll laugh a little, and you'll realize that your Disney-steep childhood was rife with hidden sexism, racism, classism, ableism, and more. It really will make you say, oof, right in the childhood.